Hi, it's Larry here from Xbox's Major Nelson. Welcome to the official Xbox podcast. We're here with you another week. We got another great uh, week of news, another great week of games, and another great week of just all of all around fun. So let me bring in the gang here. Over there on the right is Rebecca. Over there on the left is Jeff, and I'm in the middle. Welcome, folks. Hello. Hel- hello. <laughs> Happy May the 5th. In LA. I hope everyone celebrated May the 4th yesterday. <laughs> you know, I, I, it's such a Star Wars thing, isn't it? Now, I, I, so I know, oh, I know, Rebecca, you're a Star Wars fan, right? Like, are you, are you a Star Trek or Star Trek Star Wars fan, or do you land on both sides? Both sides, but mostly Star Wars. I just really enjoyed Star Trek The Next Generation, if I'm being honest. That's Wait, okay. are these different things? They're not the same thing? At Jeff Rubenstein on Twitter is how you find them if you want to do that, nerds. <laughs> All I know yeah. is when Picard de- destroyed the Death Star, I just thought it was fine. Okay, was that's cool. right. There we go. That's it's. You know, maybe we'll just go to the two box of you and I, Rebecca, and we'll talk. We'll talk Star Wars. Anyway, uh, happy May the Fourth. Anyway, great to see you. Great to see you, folks. A lot going on in gaming this week, isn't it, Jeffrey and Rebecca? Indeed. Yeah, this uh, week I have uh, Redfall installing, so I can play it this week. Yeah, you're gonna Weekend. check. Sorry, Jeff and I have been playing. We've been we've kind of you know, Jeff. Can we talk about it? Because we didn't really mention it when we were playing the game, we kind of had a gentleman's agreement that we were going to play it together. I think that's what you said. Okay. Cause that's, I just want to talk about that. Yeah. 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 So, uh, we played co-op. We probably about five hours in yeah. co-op, definitely nice. the best way to play, I would say. So Rebecca, if you want to join us at any point, that would be yep. great. I, cause I, I played just about every arcane game and most of those games I tend to play, uh, very stealthy, very quiet and creeping along. And, and I mean, that's, that's kind of how I'd like to play with Redfall in co-op. We're running and we're gunning. And sometimes <laughs> we get into trouble. Sometimes we set off an alarm and a bunch of vampires come out and we're just surviving. Yeah. But, um, but I would say, you know, it's, it's a completely different game playing solo versus co-op. And I would right. say I'm having a lot more fun playing, playing with Larry. Even yeah. We, when we've had, you're the you know, one Jeff, setting off those alarms. That, that's, that's not, Okay, it is true. You're that right, sounds like true. Larry. That yeah, is, yeah. I'm like, where did you go? I'm like, I'll be like, m- like equipping a new weapon yeah, or something. Menu and like, managing his, his inventory. And meanwhile, I'm yeah. I'm on the other side of town. Yeah. So it's uh, but yeah, it's a lot of fun. Typical there. experience. So love- which which heroes have you guys been playing as? I've been using Dev, who is like the mm-hmm. uh, paranormal YouTuber. I like uh, his his kit which uh, so his his base um his first skill that he gets is like this electrical spear type of thing so he throws it if it hits a character it will like shock them and and actually you can if you hit a vampire with it if they go all the way down in health you don't even have to stake them it will just like you know uh, vaporize them but if you miss it'll land on the ground and then it will still send off sort of aoe pulses um also has a teleporter, like uh, almost every arcane game, every one that I can think of has sort of like a blink, a little teleportation type of thing. This uh, is the closest, I think, to it. And so uh, Dev throws like a little transponder or something. It's actually a little bit similar to Loba in Apex Legends. And then you can teleport it. But the good thing is after you've done it, your teammate has you know a few seconds where they can also follow you. So a lot of times, yep. very typical arcane uh, sort of design. You can go in the front door and start mm-hmm. fighting, or maybe you can climb up on a roof and go through a window or multiple some sort paths. Of other way. Yeah, exactly. Multiple ways to get to a particular place. So there's areas where there's like there's sort of like this blood mist. I just throw the thing over. Larry follows me across. We're good to go. So I'm sort of that way. And then the ult 
um, is um, sort of like a multiple version of that uh, initial sort of thing where he plunks down like uh, multiple sort of UV lights and sort of creates an area of uh, it's sort of a safe zone. You will heal within it. I, I upgraded that skill, but yep. also if you can lure like a tougher vampire into that area or you deploy it at the right time, uh, you make very quick work of them. And and I just like his voiceover and he talks to himself and, uh, and he talks to the other character and they, they have some, some witty banter. And so I'm a sucker for that accent. So I'm a dev. Uh, I, I highly advocate for using dev. Well, I, on the other hand, am using Jacob. Uh, I don't know if you know which one that is, uh, Rebecca or anybody listening. He's the ex-military um, uh, character and he's got his three skills. Are, he's got a raven that I can send out to locate enemies. And Jeff, you see them all turn out red yeah, yeah. When, I, when I do that. So, you know, and destroy them. Uh, cloak, I can click on cloak and I can kind of get behind the enemies and Jeff and I can kind of do a squeeze play if we want to do that. Um, and I, 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 you know, I was, was, reading about it jeff and apparently i can loan my power of invisibility to you so oh, I, we need to practice that i haven't we haven't okay. done that yet we're cool. moving too quick and and yeah. firing off shots too quick stealth yeah. is uh out the window very quickly yeah but, but the, yeah. the one that i the one that i just unlocked because we again jeff and i are early in the game is is heart stopper which we went to 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 kind of work on basically what's a boss and it's a it's a supernatural rifle that can basically when you ads zooms right in on the enemies and it's like one shot one kill so it's it's and you can upgrade that to duration and damage and things like that but it was it was pretty pretty impressive that's who i'm playing we're, we're i think we're again the all think they all complement each other in great ways each of the characters and their skills so it's it's what about you what do you what do you who are you playing rebecca yeah well uh, so i haven't started playing yet but i already know i want to play as layla uh not just because she's a girl but um right. she has like telekinetic abilities which whenever i played like bioshock i i like to use the telekinesis and in general i'm just i don't know i feel like in like uh elder scrolls 2 i'm just kind of always a fan of like the combat from a distance like i would rather just like shoot flames or do telekinesis <laughs> rather right. than like get up in someone's face so uh, yeah, if you guys are looking for a Layla to join your squad. Now, now, now Layla, just a reminder, Layla has an umbrella which can summon a purple shield that blocks enemies. You talked about mm -hmm. the telekinesis where you can lift people up. And my the the, the like the alt is like the vampire ex-boyfriend who comes in and apparently does a lot of damage. So I have not seen that yet. So we need to we need to test that out. Sounds draining. <laughs> vampire ex-boyfriend. No. You're more of a goth fan, uh, you know. You know, you're you're fine with yeah. that. You liked uh, uh AFI, you know, growing up. I don't know. Uh, let's see what else. So that's, I'm playing that. We're all playing that a little bit. Um, I'm playing Jedi, uh, Jedi Survivor. Jeff, Jeff Same. and I. Same. So what do you think? Same. You know, I love Actually, you. more importantly, have you unlocked a mullet and or a handlebar mustache? I've, I've seen, I've seen, I've seen that. Yes, I have not. Um, I am too busy, you know, crafting and my, or, you know, kind of tweaking my lightsaber. Um, and then also, you know, tweaking bd1 so i want to make sure uh, the bd1 looks good so i've been working on that but no i'm working you and i'm a little bit further ahead of you rebecca you should check it out i mean as a star wars fan jeff's as you as as he just said isn't really a star wars fan so he should i am yeah. i am i was just of a star trek you. guy yeah <laughs> he's, he's waiting to be beamed up uh yeah so, <laughs> uh but yeah that's that's kind of what what's what's taking my time this week um it's yeah. but, but it's been you know it's just been a busy busy week so i know you've been playing some minecraft as yeah. well right yeah, I've been playing Minecraft Legends. Uh, I played a good amount like late last week and then kind of going into the weekend, but I had a girl's trip hey, over the weekend, so I've kind of been, oh yeah, <laughs> just chilling. 
kind of been recovering from that. Um, and then this has just been such a crazy, busy news week. So it's, it's a lot going on. Yeah, Jeff, you know, we should probably, we've got, first of all, if, you, if, you, if you've read ahead, and hopefully you did not, but if you mm-hmm. did, that's okay. We've got a lot of interviews that are going to be coming up later on in the show. Uh, but I think we want to jump into the news because we don't have a lot of time here. We want to get into those interviews. So Jeff, why don't you, why don't you get us rolling here? Sure. So this week we announced uh, a special double feature. That is the Xbox Game Showcase and Starfield Direct that will be airing on Sunday, June 11th, just over a month from now. You're going to want to get comfy because uh, starting at, it'll be 10 a.m. Pacific and we have all the different local times. Uh, you can you can, you can can take it from there. But um, so the, uh, immediately after the showcase, which is where you'll see uh, you know, first looks from our internal studios, our creative partners around the world. Then we will go straight into a deep dive uh, for Starfield. And uh, that will include uh, uh, gameplay, developer interviews, and behind the scenes insider information. I cannot wait. Now, we will also have a show like we did uh, last year, and I want to say the year before, called the Xbox Games Showcase Extended. That will be on June 13th. That is the Tuesday, also at 10 a.m., with in-depth interviews focused on news from our Xbox Game Showcase and game updates from our partners. So plenty to watch there in early, yeah. early June. Now, yeah, we've also, we also have you, Fan Fest. Oh, go on. We're go on fan, with it. Yep. Well, I'm, I'm the fit kind of the Fan <laughs> Fest guy. We, we got Fan Fest as well, but don't talk about that, Jeff, because we're actually going to be doing an interview later with Brina from the Fan Fest team. And I, I will leave that, but and, for those of you who are going to be in LA or a number of other cities around the, around the world. And I'm going to tell um, you in that interview where you can join me. Clue, oh, yeah. it's not in LA. I'm going to be going to some other, <laughs> other exotic location. Oh, okay. All right. Stay All tuned. Right. I'll be in LA. So, um, Rebecca will be in LA too. Larry. So not Sorry. that LA isn't, can't be exotic, but <laughs> when you both are there, it is. Depending All right. So that know. is yeah. uh, something I'm sure we'll be talking about quite a bit between now and then, but, uh, mark your calendars down now. And of course you'll be able to watch all the places you're used to watching like YouTube or Twitch or, or Facebook. And, um, you know, if you've got a device, you've got internet access, you'll be able to watch. It is May, and May is Asian and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. It is. Uh, Rebecca, would you like to tell us about what we're going to be doing and how we're going to be celebrating this month? Yes. So not only am I the resident Asian member of this podcast, but I'm also a member of Asians at Xbox. So I'm super excited that it's May and Asian and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. There's a lot of fun stuff going on kind of internally and externally. Um, you know, on the Asians at Xbox team, we do a lot of different like employee uh, activities like trivia and like panels and like learning opportunities, which I think are really cool. And it's it's great to like get to uh, showcase some different voices on the team. But then also for our broader Xbox community, we have that Xbox Wire post that we had just a second ago. And so it includes a few different ways people can get involved, like different organizations to donate through via Microsoft Rewards points, which you know are essentially points that you get for using Microsoft products. Um, we also have a lot of different uh, like resources, like you know, different like games and movies and things like that for if you want to kind of learn or uh, 
experience like stories through the age, the eyes of someone who's like Asian or Pacific Islander. Um, like I saw there's like the flight sim, I think it's the Oceana update just yeah. which kind of shows you a little bit of the Pacific islands, which is really cool. Um, and then we are also going to be featuring a lot of different Asian Pacific Islander streamers on the Xbox Twitch channel this month, which is a cool way to get to, uh, find some new streamers that you might want to start following. So, uh, head over to Xbox Wire for the full details, but, uh, I, I really enjoy this month. It's great. Fun. Yeah, you mentioned, I think it's really important and, uh, with Microsoft Rewards, like, because when you're just playing games on Game Pass or if you use Bing for search and there's other ways to earn as well, like, I'll like not think about it and then I'll go look at the balance and I'll realize, like, what do you oh, do with I've your got, points? Like, huh? What do you do with your Wait. points? I, I usually donate them. So I looking this month, um, I know in yeah. the past I've donated to Stop Out, Stop AAPI Hate um, last year and uh, will likely do so again this year. And so sometimes it, you just forget about it. You look at it and I'm like, oh, this is, yeah, it's kind I've of got, found money. So I've, I've got a bank. Like pay it forward. Yep. Yeah. Fun. <laughs> All right, Jeff, what else you got over there on the, on the news desk? Sure. So um, a few games uh, that are available this week with Game Pass. Of course, we talked about Redfall, another one, and we'll be talking a little bit more about it, but uh, hearing really good things, which is Ravenlock. That was a game that we first saw at last year's showcase, and it is available now. And uh, it's by the folks, uh, Coco Cucumber, uh, that they, they've made some really uh, cool games that uh, I, I got into earlier this year. So um, is this, this, this one looks quite a bit different, but um, I, I like the studio. I see you've got it downloaded here, Larry. I've got it downloaded as well. And so I'll be checking that out. So we also, have, we um, have an interview later on about it so, okay. <laughs> in our, in our baby uh, of interviews and in our collection of interviews. Coming up next uh, next week, Weird West, the definitive edition coming to Xbox Series X and S. The Shadowrun Trilogy, highly acclaimed, coming to uh, PC. So if you have PC Game Pass or Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, Fuga Melodies of Steel 2 is also coming on May 11th. Another game I want to call out just because I'm a huge fan of the studio, Capybara Games. You may know them as Cappy. Um, they've had lots of uh, great games uh, throughout the well, decade plus i'm thinking yeah. of game uh like well my my favorite is uh that they've ever done was heroes of might and magic hd they were going back to the 360 days on on that one uh critter crunch um uh what was the game it was called like uh wtf but right. it, it it had like an acronym uh wtaf something like that that was early in the 360 mm. days and, and anyway so um they had a game that i played on iOS, I want to say, but they've now um, brought it and sort of upresed it and made it a very a very fun puzzle game called Grindstone, which is uh, now available. I really enjoyed that very sort of a strategic puzzle game. Actually, maybe a little bit of the DNA of Might and Magic Clash of Heroes HD um, uh, at, at a base level, but certainly uh, this team knows how to put a puzzle game together, and so uh, definitely worth checking out Grindstone from from. Uh, our Canadian friends, Capybara Games. It's funny you think uh, Canadian, but yep. you know it's they are Canadian, of course. But Capybara is is an animal that I think comes from like Australia, so it's a it's a kind of uh, a little I think South yeah. America. Is it South America? I thought oh, I've always seen that. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I stand corrected. Yeah, sorry to correct you, but <laughs> that's not okay. Really sorry to correct you. I, I either can, way, I can either way, I don't know if you're Rebecca googling this or I don't know if they're right native now. to Canada, yeah. but either way, Capybara Games is, and we're thrilled to have them on the platform. They're, they're South cute. America. In, wow, South nice America, from South America, cute, Impressive. cute in any region. Um, 
Yeah. You know what you might be thinking of as a quokka, which is a very adorable rodent from Australia. Um, that is, looks similar. But I'm definitely not thinking of that, but I did learn something today. K-K-A. They're among like the most adorable animals imaginable. Are they like, the little ones? It, it is super cute. Reasonably yeah, small. okay. Am I oh, wrong? I that That's like wrong. top five cute. That's uh, a <laughs> quokka. Yeah. Adorable. With a fun name too. Go ahead, Jeff. Go. More news. So, more news. Maybe, maybe, maybe there's a Quokka studio somewhere, and uh, then you can <laughs> yeah. say they're from South America. Okay, so um, all of us here that are on this show, and I think probably a fair amount of our listeners, um, are Game Pass members, and mm-hmm. uh, I've been using I use Game pa- uh, PC Game Pass specifically quite a bit, actually here on this very device when I'm done for the day. Um, you might have friends that are interested in trying something out, but they don't have Game Pass. Well, what would we do? Something. What to do, Jeff? How do you solve that problem? <laughs> well, you can set up your buddies with. Uh, we have a buddy pass. It's the Game Pass uh, friend referral program, and so um, if you have Xbox Game Pass Ultimate or PC Game Pass, you can uh, give up to five friends a free fourteen day. PC Game Pass trial. So let's say you want to play through a game together. Let's say you want to try out Redfall and you want to have them come along for the ride. Um, You can offer them. There it is. You can offer them this trial. Um, There's a link there where you can click to invite them. Also, if you launch the Xbox app, you should see a pop-up there. Um, We talk about how you can find it. And of course, PC Game Pass includes not just like literally hundreds of games uh, uh, that are sort of from the Xbox store, but also access to Riot Games where you can link your account and unlock, you know, all these legends and folks from, you know, Valorant and League and Teamfight Tactics. Um, and then also uh, EA Play. So you could actually yeah, play FIFA together or, uh, you know, I think NHL. Actually, I think they put some yeah, some of the some of the Jedi things. stuff into NHL, yeah. which was uh, really cool. So anyway, uh, Bring your friends along. And, five. I mean, bring up to five friends. There you go. So uh, worth Check checking out. Because pe- people always say that they choose the console or they choose the device where their friends are. And so it's like if you're playing this and you have your friends playing too, now you can have them also try out Game Pass if they're not yep. already using it. So check out exactly. that. Check out that blog post at news.xbox.com. Yes, or just launch your uh, yeah. your Xbox app on your PC. Uh, last thing. Uh, you might have seen that we did this last year and we're back bigger and better this year. We have teamed up with OPI, the uh, world-leading nail polish manufacturer, for some really nice summertime colors and also an exclusive new controller. So um, this there is what is called the uh, Sunkissed Vibes OPI Special Edition Xbox Wireless Controller. It's not just the color, but it's actually the finish on this controller, which looks really nice. Um, uh, it features four stunning summer shades that are inspired by OPI's new Summer Make the Rules collection, which is a, a collection Hold of on. Nails. Hold is on, Jeff. We, we, have, yeah. we have samples of those colors right now. Over it's so funny that you've been saying that because... <laughs> oh! I'll shut up and I'm going to... That is very nice. Go on. I know. I was like, oh, that video looks nice, but I could also just show you what it looks like. But this is so better. This is, I know this has to be the cutest package I've ever received from from Xbox. Um, so it opens up. Oh, there they are. We have oh. the four shades and then also the controller. And this is also probably the cutest control. Mm, Minecraft Pig controller was also really cute. Yeah, uh, you're biased to that. Controllers I've ever received. Very stylish. Now, so, I can't help but notice your wait. thumb. 
Rebecca. <laughs> I know. I uh, gave myself a multicolor manicure today. So are those all the colors that are on the controller? Yes. So there are four. I have five fingers though. So there are these four control four colors here. So we have this one's called Surf Naked, and it's kind of a metallic with a matte finish. This one is sanding in stilettos. These names are really funny, but OPI always has really creative nail polish colors, which is also a um, metallic-y with a like matte finish. And then this one is summer Monday through Fridays, which I don't know if you can really see, but it's like it's like a like lime green. Mm-hmm. And then this one is called Flex on the Beach. And they these colors actually match so perfectly. With the kid, with the controller. Uh, oh, it looks you can't quite see. Yeah, there, you can kind of see <laughs> there we go. <laughs> yeah, but you can see. So there's the blue, the lime green. Um, so this is probably the the brightest and coolest Xbox thing that I've ever received. Um, I I love this controller. It has like a really nice like you can even tell it has like that metallic finish, which really matches the shade of the like uh, sanding in stilettos, which is the main color. So. This is super cool. And, you know, this package is available globally. Um, I think it already sold out of pre-orders at Target in the U.S. Or it's close to it, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, there's going to be more available when it launches next week. Um, And then it's also available through the Microsoft Store. So I think, you know, this is a (laughs) kind of a really cool combination. But, yeah. No, it looks great. And it's all, you know, our, our, our partnership team, you know, we did a lot of folks don't remember, but we did, uh, we did, um, this last year, a very similar promotion with OPI where we had uh, the names of some of the, you know, inspired from the games were on, on the nail polishes. So, so it's kind of a different take on it. So it's great to see that. So thank you for showing that off, Rebecca. Yeah, it's cool. That there's actually a controller this year. I think when I chatted with the partnerships team last time, they said everyone was like, why don't we do a controller? And then well, one year later, now we, we have, are. <laughs> here we are. <laughs> yeah. Fun. It's Fun. perfect. Uh, all right, thank you for that. We'll uh, we'll have we'll show that. I've got one here as well. I think I'll, I may be giving these away actually on uh, Free Code Friday, which is a little uh, little contest I like to do out there on that Twitter. Only when you want to trend, Larry. Well, it's it's just no big, <laughs> NBD. Uh, what else we got there, Jeff? For news that those are your those are your big news. I got a little bits. something though. You do you? Uh, well, you know, me. we announced this week the View a uh, uh, piece of hardware, the View Sonic X2 4K gaming projector for Xbox, which is uh, coming oh. to the US. So it's a it's a special gaming projector. I'm going to try to get one in and check it out. Do you use a projector at your place, Rebecca? I know Jeff does, and I've been to his. I was shopping for one a while ago. I really okay. want one, but yeah. I, I don't have one yet. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'll let you know on that. But this is this is a licensed. I mean, it's it's a, it's a made for Xbox, so it's gonna have all the. I mean, 4K. A, that's super cool. HDR, yeah. 4K. It's crazy. So we'll have more details on that one. But that's exciting. That again, our partnership team and our hardware team does some amazing, amazing work. So, whew, so much. You're right. Yeah. Ah, I'm just. It's it's it's. There's so much going on, and we've got interviews to get to now. Right. All right, yeah, Rebecca, why don't you uh, why don't you get th- get us into those interviews? Yeah, so we have uh, we already talked about briefly Ravenlock. Uh, we have Brina from our team chatting about FanFest. We have a couple folks joining from Forza, Forza Motorsport to talk about the blind accessibility feature. Uh, Coffee talk too, and then finally the last case of Benedict Fox. It's a lot of interviews, so let's get into it. Ravenlock from Coco Cucumber is now available over there on Xbox. We've uh, we were really excited today to talk to Vanessa Chia, the game director and writer at Coco Cucumber. Vanessa, thank you and welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me on the show. 
Very excited. Yeah, no, I'm excited to have you. I know, I know that folks are, uh, you know, remember, or maybe they don't, Ravenlock was announced at the Xbox Bethesda Showcase, um, you know, last year. It's coming to, coming to Game Pass, and it is now available. It's available on Xbox, and, you know, it's on Xbox One, Windows PC, Epic Games, so on and so forth. But let's let's jump in a little bit and talk about Ravenlock the game, uh, because it's uh, people may remember it. And I'm going to play a little bit of it here, because it's got a really fascinating, fascinating uh, visual art style. But tell us about the game. Yeah, so Ravenlock is an action adventure. Um, it's an action-packed fairy tale. So you play this young woman who has fallen into a wonderful but dangerous realm um, that's been threatened by the corruption of an evil queen. So in the game itself, you'll see like a good mix of quests, of puzzles, as well as real-time combat with uh, your sword and shield, as well as uh, magic skills. Now, tell us a little bit about Coco Cucumber, because folks may remember the name. You, you've done some other games in the past. Tell us about those. Yeah, so our other games include Echo Generation, which we released in 2021. So that's a turn-based uh, adventure game um, set in a real world, kind of 80s and 90s inspired. Uh, so a lot of folks kind of know our game for, uh, know our, our studio rather, from that game. Um, and yeah, we're really happy that Players will be able to experience a new kind of fantasy adventure in Ravenlock when it comes out. Well, when it's out, like when, right now. <laughs> when it's out, no, go, go play it. Well, don't play it right now because you're watching and listening to this podcast. Tell yeah. us what you and the team, what inspired you to create the game and what was it like working in the fantasy genre? Yeah, so for uh, for Ravenlock, I'm really inspired by the fantasy classics, such as like The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, Alice in Wonderland, the animation of Studio Ghibli. All of these really contribute to a rich tapestry that is Ravenlock. Um, there's something really like wonderfully nostalgic about revisiting these inspirations as an adult, uh, because it really allows us to play in this fantasy genre. It's like a playground for us. Uh, we can do so much with the music, the imagery, the story. Uh, and Ravenlock itself has a story about a universal story about growing up and choosing to listen to your heart. Uh, I hope that this coming of age theme really resonates with people uh, when they play Ravenlock. Ravenlock is the final entry into what Coco Cucumber is calling its voxel trilogy. Can you talk about how these games build off each other and how they kind of how they interconnect? Sure. So the Voxel Trilogy is made of three games. That would be Riverborn, Echo Generation, and Ravenlock. Uh, the through line for all three, of course, is the Voxel art style. So this kind of cubic, blocky art style, which we've been improving from game to game. So for example, in Riverborn, uh, things were a lot more blocky and the res resolution size was a lot smaller. But as we get into something like Ravenlock, we have learned a lot about what works with this Voxel art style. So the resolution is much larger, much bigger. Uh, there's this 3D pixel uh, texture, which is far more detailed uh, in order to provide like a grander experience for people. So we wanted to tell the story in a more cinematic way and hopefully this uh, this voxel art style um, that has been improving from game to game uh, really is something that we're able to, um, you know, show our vision through, through the art style. Uh, yeah. No, I'm, I was. We've been playing. If you're watching this on YouTube or over on Spotify video at the podcast, you know it's available in video as well. We've been showing some of the some of the gameplay, and it's got such a unique art style. You know, tell us about the art style, and you know, you as the game director and as the writer, what kind of direction did you give to your art team, or did they come to you and say, "Here's what we have"? Tell us, tell us about that collaboration. Yeah, a lot of it really comes from the inspirations that we have, like I mentioned before. So, uh, you know, kind of 
using that as a starting point, we really wanted to put our mark on it. So a lot of the characters that, say, for example, from Alice in Wonderland uh, that we took as an inspiration, we built onto that and say, oh, how can we kind of reinterpret this in a way that uh, would make our story or, or the story that we're trying to tell really shine? So. Uh, so yeah, a lot of the imagery came from source material, but of course we put our own stamp on that. Uh, the voxel art style is also one which is really difficult, notoriously difficult to to manage because it's kind of a very blocky art style. So sometimes when you look at it, things can be very kind of cubic and there's lots of hard edges. So in a way, we've kind of evolved the style to be a little bit more rounded, a bit, a bit more friendly that will suit this kind of fantasy genre. So would you? So you took the voxel art style and kind of made it your own, made made it cocoa cucumbers. Would, would would that be an accurate description? Absolutely, yeah. It's something that we hope that people can see. That uh, yeah, when they see Echo Generation, they kind of recognize our art style through that. And in Ravenlock, hopefully, they uh, they will as well. Now we 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 show we've been showing the gameplay here. If you've been watching the video with with some of the some of the gameplay, now you're eight people. How do how do eight, how does it, how does cocoa cucumber and a team of eight people create something of this magnitude? Yeah, that's a, <laughs> that's a great question. <laughs> um, yeah, and yeah, uh, it's, it's a great question. So while Martin and I, our, co uh, our other co-founder and I, uh, mostly kind of started off the company together in 2014, uh, our team really came together when we created Echo Generation. So mm -hmm. this, this team of eight. Um, and we made this, well, Echo Generation, at least during the pandemic, and I guess Ravenlock too, if you're considering that the pandemic still is still ongoing. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's made by a really small, tight-knit uh, tight team. And I believe that that really helps us. Uh, you know, in a way, it helps us kind of focus our creativity on a project that, you know, in, in order to kind of forget all of the things in the world that are, that may not be as, as good going on. Um, and yeah, really grateful for that. You know, one of the things, of course, we talked about at the beginning, it's, it's Ravenlock is from Coco Cucumber, now available on Xbox Game Pass. Game Pass has been, must be very helpful for you to be able to unlock an instant audience. Tell, tell us a little bit about that as, as, a, as someone on the, on the game development side. Yeah, Game Pass has been great for us. Um, so Riverbond was released on Game Pass, Echo Generation was released on Game Pass, and now Ravenlock is also released on Game Pass. So all three games has really benefited from a big audience and so grateful for kind of our partnership with ID at Xbox at X, uh, and, and Xbox for this, just because so many players can play it. And for an indie especially, it's really difficult for people to just jump in or take a risk on uh, certain IPs, especially ours, which are original IPs. Uh, so yeah, with Game Pass, people can just jump in and play. So yeah, really happy about that. Yeah, and I know that gamers, you know, sitting on both sides where I get to talk to great people like yourselves with game creators and developers and gamers, they love being able to go in and have this this variety, this buffet of games where they can kind of kind of dip in and dip out and, and sample sample your wares. Um, first of all, I know, I know you're, you you don't have much time, but here I want to kind of wrap it up a little bit by talking about, you know, Ravenlock is is we talked about it's kind of the third in a in a trilogy. But tell us about uh, you know what is next for Coco Cucumber. Oh, what's next? That's the question. <laughs> um, yeah, so we're we're excited about the future. There are so many ideas that we have kind of knocking around because we're always you know up for a new challenge. 
but yeah, uh, we also like to listen to our fans. And so far, while there have been some requests for a sequel to Revabon, uh, there have been many more requests for a sequel to Echo Generation. So uh, I'm not promising anything, but right. um, yeah, we're listening to the fans and hopefully whatever the future brings that uh, everybody will be able to join us in a new adventure together. You know, I just I have some more gameplay here and I just want to show it because it's such Ravenlock is such a beautiful game. It's got such a fascinating art style. And, you know, this team of eight people, you guys are up there in Canada, have done such a great job. And, uh, you know, available on Game Pass now. Go check it out. It's it's a delight to play. It's a feast for the eyes. And I, you know, I can't I can't say enough about it. You just really need to check it out. Vanessa, any any final words before I let you go? Uh, no, just go play Ravenlock and have fun. FanFest, Xbox FanFest. I am so excited. I'm talking to Brina Hatcher today. Brina, welcome to the podcast. You've never been on the show, but we finally got you here. Yes, it is the first. I'm excited to be here with you, Larry. <laughs> Big news this week. Of course, we announced earlier this week about, uh, you know, about the Xbox uh, showcase, which is coming up. But more importantly, FanFest is back. Yes. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, we've got lots of great opportunities with Xbox Fan Fest. We are hosting, first and foremost, a virtual event in which everybody can come and join and watch the Xbox Game Showcase, followed by Starfield Direct. And then we'll have some additional digital festivities for everybody to enjoy after that. And then we are doing a sweepstakes for anybody to win a trip to our LA watch party event. So that's super exciting. The yep. winner will um, be able to bring a guest with them, of course, as well. And then finally, uh, we are hosting in-person watch parties around the world. Yeah. Uh, one in Sydney, sorry, <laughs> Melbourne, Australia, Melbourne, the yep. other in Poland in Warsaw, another one in Sao Paulo, Brazil, and then we have our Los Angeles event that I mentioned in the U.S. Yep. And then finally, we have our Mexico City event in Mexico, which maybe Larry, you have a little something to share about about I, that one. <laughs> I sure do. This is actually I'm really excited. I am going to be down going to Mexico City for uh, for the event. I will be hosting it. So if you're in the Mexico City area, you'll have to sign up and Brina's going to tell you how to do that in just a moment. For all the events, you'll need to sign up unless you want to sit at home and watch it. Then you don't need to sign up. You just watch it. Um, but there's so there's really exciting because last year um, I went down to Melbourne, Australia, which was amazing. It was you know, just as it turned summer up here in the northern hemisphere, I I went on down to to Australia for for what was uh, you know going into fall, and it was such a great time to be down there with the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of Xbox fans. Uh, and this year, the team came to me and said, "Hey, you did Melbourne last year. Do you want to go to Mexico City?" And I said. Yeah, I'd love to. So I will be going down to Mexico City hosting that. Um, Brina, but people for these in-person events, people need to sign up. How do they do that? Yes, just go to xbox.com, Wax Fan Fest, or aka.ms, Wax Xbox Fan Fest, and uh, log in. Here's the site. Yeah. You'll go and uh, sign up or log in if you're already registered. And then there will be a page that is all about the special access that FanFest is bringing for the Xbox Game Showcase and Starfield Direct. And then you'll just sign up with each activity that you want to participate in. So yep. super easy. And we'll notify winners of our sweepstakes on May 11th. Yep. So pay attention to that if you've signed up. Um, 
Otherwise, so this, good there's luck not a, there's, there's not a lot of time. Go sign up like as you're hopefully you're listening to this before May yeah. 11th. Uh, go sign up right now uh, and you could you know sign up to en- attend one of the locations around the globe. If you're in Mexico City, I would love to see you. Uh, if you're over in Warsaw, we'd love to love to see you there. Sao Paulo, we would love to see you. Melbourne, Australia or L.A. Um, and then as, as Brina said, you, you know, we are signing up someone to go to LA to join. Now I love, I've been in LA for 15, 20 years doing our events down there and I'll miss you all in LA, but I'm going to go down and represent Xbox in Mexico. Cause I love the fans and I love the fans everywhere, but they're just super, super duper fun down there in, in Mexico city. Yeah. It's always great to have you in different spots too. So we can hear about all the fun. We wish we could be at all of them in, at one time. Right. But yeah, we've got to. Spread, spread the love. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I want to. I also want to thank you and the team because you know, as do, coming out of COVID, it was like, do we still continue to do live events or in person events? Uh, we're certainly doing live events, and you know, you and I experimented. We were out in Boston. Uh, what was it last month or the month before? Uh, we, we went out to Boston to do a quick little hit. It was great to see everybody there. So we're going to experiment with a few things. We're going to do some fun stuff. You don't know where we're going to pop up. I may be popping up. It may be Malik. It may be Kelly. Who knows? Uh, but at least someone from the team. So we, Brina and her team are the ones that that basically tell us, hey, want to go over here and have some fun? So that's, that's what we're going to do. Right. Anything else you want to yeah. tell us about, Brina? Uh, I will just add that our sweeps entries end on May 9th. So when we notify on May 11th, the sweeps entries end on the night. But you can continue to sign up to attend virtual all the way through the end of that live show. So uh, please join us in whatever way you can. There's nothing like watching together amongst uh, fellow fans. So hopefully you can join us. Yeah, it's it's always fun to be there. Like I said, when I was there in, in Melbourne, we used to do it in L.A. And, and it was interesting because in L.A. over the past few well, not past few years, but earlier, you know, a few years ago, we would kind of have the side event to, to our big main event. But now they've kind of merged together both yeah. in person as well as virtual. So it's great to see. I mean, everybody knows, hopefully, you know. Uh, how important fans are for Xbox. We love doing fan fan events. We've got a whole team, Brina and her team, come up with these great ideas, whether it's a virtual event like the trivia you do or, you know, these in-person events. So it's it's always fun to see. And I remember, you know, I, I think, Brina, you and I talked about this many years ago when, I, when, you know, I think it was before you joined the team, is that, I, you know, I would... I would do my like little fan events on the side is where I was getting fans yeah. excited. And it's so great to see the whole organization just now all behind it. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it's so much fun to do and we love the Xbox fans in the community. So happy to, to be able to organize these for everyone. All right. So here's, here's your, as we like to say, here's your go do go to aka.ms forward slash Xbox fan fest, sign up, you know, there's, there's a couple things you can sign up for. As Brina said, you'll, you'll, you'll see it all there, but you know, make sure you register to, uh, to join us in LA or join Brina and the team in LA. I'm, I'm think Phil will be there. I don't know. Um, and, or if you want to, if you're somewhere else in the globe and you want to just attend one of our events there as well, and then you know, go ahead and do that, but please sign up because we want to have you there and we want to make sure you get on the list. It doesn't cost anything. We just want to make sure that we can, we can decide, you know, we can make sure we know how many people are going to be there. That's, that's the only reason we'd have signups, right, Brina? Exactly. And it's a random draw. So everybody has the same chance to win. So yeah, go and sign up. <laughs> Good luck. All right, Brina. We'll let you go. Thank right, you. Thanks, Th- thank you. Thanks uh, for having me. Oh, you, you're welcome to come back <laughs> anytime. And, and in Mexico City, I'm coming down to see you. And uh, we'll have more details on that on future shows going up for the uh, for the next month or so. Thanks, Brina. We'll talk to you soon. Great. 
Thanks. Bye. Really great week for uh, for Forza. You probably saw some great news last week about their accessibility options. And I'm really thrilled to be kind of t- going a little bit deeper on that. I have Neha here from Turn 10. Neha, great to see you. Great to see you, too. Thanks for having me. And then Brandon Cole is joining us. Hi, Brandon. Hey there. Good to be glad to be here. It's a, it's a, it's an honor. Let me it, let me tell you. Well, it is a delight to see you. You and I have you and I have run across each other at various Xbox events, but I'm so excited yeah. to talk to you both because this is a fascinating project. Uh, for those of you that don't know, um, Forza Motorsport has a blind driving assist feature, and you've probably seen it. We, there was a little piece on CNN about it and some other places as well. Uh, but I wanted to get you both on and talk about it, and, and and you know, tell us, you know, kind of explain what it is because it's something that maybe folks that are cited may not understand it. But Neha, could you explain? to us what the feature is before we uh, as we as we jump in absolutely so our blind driving assist feature um, was a set of features built for players who are blind or have no or have low vision um, we it, the system works by providing a set of supplemental audio cues um, that provide our blind and low vision players with audible information such as how to get around the track their position um, how they're going through a corner or a turn um, when we get to accelerate or decelerate, when to shift, et cetera. And so each of these cues are created and designed um, to build up the system that is now blind driving assists. Now, now, Brandon, you, 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 you've been involved with helping develop this feature, uh, from what I understand, for a couple of years now. Um, what has it been like for you to work with Turn 10, who has now unlocked something for you that my understanding is you couldn't do before? Yeah, it's it's been absolutely great. The, the the great thing about working with Turn Ten is I do it almost every week, almost every single week. So it it has really become my biggest project to date in a lot of ways because I get to work with the team directly. I have direct input on almost every aspect of the game uh, because accessibility affects so many things. I mean, if you want to talk about narration, every screen I've talked about. <laughs> so yeah. it's it's been it's been fantastic to work with them on that. You know. Uh... Neha, it's what is it like to go, hey, we're going to bring a blind driving assist to a driving game and driving by its nature. You need vision and you need to pay attention. That That's that. What was it like bringing this feature to life and what were some of the challenges other than the obvious that you ran into? I think bringing the feature to life, we we set out to try and do something that that was, you know, pretty, pretty intense. Um, we we really wanted to bring uh, new gamers into into our atmosphere, um, into our into our game, and so we thought about brainstorming different things that we could do accessibility wise. We we started out with blind driving assists, and you know it took a lot of research and prototyping and understanding what information we all perceive um, as as sighted gamers, and working on giving as much of that information to everyone as possible. And so there was, there definitely was uh, a, a challenge in bringing us to life, but yeah, I mean, I, I think when with I, the help of no, no, no. When I think about the things that you know that we as sighted folks take for granted, that that uh, that you know, like when when playing a video game, playing driving in Forza, there's just so many cues that you see, whether it's the rearview mirror, whether it's the 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 steering wheel, whether it's you know one of the gauges. There's so so much data. How are you able to take that data and and presented in a way that Brandon and, and, and folks could understand it. I think when when you look at 
which sort of audio cues we work with. Um, we're working on getting the audible, audible information to tell a player their position on track, their orientation of where they are, how they're approaching each of the turns, um, and how they're progressing through each of the turns. And so through, through various different audio cues that we've built in, um, which make up our blind driving assist system, uh, your player is is able to get that same information. Um, Brandon can give you the details about um, how he uses each of these cues as well. Yeah, I'd love to, Brandon. I mean, let's uh, before we get into that though, I want to talk about you're, you're a video gamer, and and this has been challenging. You know, I can imagine you know that because you can't find the right games that you can play that you can see. So it must have been exciting when when Turn Ten came and tapped you on the shoulder and said, "Hey, come help us." <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, of course, absolutely, it was. Uh, you know. I, I've worked in this industry for a few years now, uh, even before Turn 10. Um, sure. I was known for my work on The Last of Us Part Two and, and things like that. Um, so I've, I've been a consultant for a while. And to be able to consult on this particular project was really awesome for me uh, because the, the way I set goals uh, in my career are genre-based. Um, my, my philosophy is I want to bring the blind community experiences they don't have yet. And so, you know, I brought them an action adventure with The Last of Us, and now I'm bringing them a fully sim, you know, a sim racing game with Forza, and it's it's pretty awesome to get that opportunity. Tell, but by the way, before we get into using the feature, tell us about the reception from the community, the blind community, for what we've announced here. The reception has honestly been explosively positive. I mean, really, really positive. Uh, it's it's so great. First of all, just to see the interest, just to see people going, "Wow, this is amazing! I can't wait to try this." But it goes beyond that. It goes to people that are saying, well, guess I'm buying an Xbox now. You know, like this is already sold consoles to blind gamers. Uh, not only that, they want to they want to support it fully. I saw one report of uh, someone who said that even though Force is going to be on Game Pass, they're like, no, no. If there's a limited edition, get in that. Like yeah. they, they just want to support this. And that's that's one of the things I always tell game developers is accessibility breeds loyalty. You make a game accessible you will find that people will stick with it um, and and basically support that company to to the max. Yeah, I mean, it's also important. You, you talked about some of the work you did with The Last of Us. You've, as you said, you've been in the industry for a while. Tell us about some of the the ideas or some of the some of the concepts that you brought to the team when they were presenting this feature to you and said, oh, you have to have this. You have to have this. Yeah, I think I think one of the greatest things I brought to the team, in my opinion, was perspective. Um, one of the things that a lot of people didn't consider, and I'm, I'm seeing this in, in the reactions to our interviews too, that this this tends to be the thing that blows a lot of minds. One of the things that that uh, wasn't really considered very well is that the people that are coming to this game, the blind community we're welcoming to this game, are people who have, number one, maybe never played a racing game before. Uh, right. There are audio-only racing games that they might have tried. And they might have messed around with other games like uh, Forza Motorsport 7 or Forza Horizon 5, which have some accessibility features. Not to this level, but they do have some that the blind can use. Um, so they may have tried those, uh, but they haven't really fully experienced what we're offering with a racing game like this. And number two, many blind people don't really know how cars work. That's that's just a fact. Like, you know, I, I've been in many cars in my life, but I don't drive them. So, you know, we had the design from the perspective of people who just don't know how driving works. Like one of the things I keep pointing out is that uh, I did not know that when you're in a race, you're supposed to slow down as you go into a turn. Right. I, I didn't know that. Right. Uh, I had to learn that because my my idea was, well, it's a racing game, right? So doesn't that mean you go as fast as you can all the time? No, it does not. There's a lot of little things that I had to learn in order to make this work. 
and that that perspective, I think, really helped the team out a lot. And as long, along with that, I brought along my understanding of you know audio cues and, and how that kind of design works, and help them differentiate the audio cues, help them decide which audio cues worked for each kind of event um, to not overwhelm the player by making each sound distinct and different, right. but also making it, you know, notable, something you'll pay attention to. When, when you were, you know, I, I don't know your history of being blind, but I assume you've been blind for quite some time um, and you don't oh, drive yeah. normally. When, when you were presented with this opportunity with Forza and you, they were going to say, hey, you're going to be able to drive that, as you said, that's something you've never done in real life before. So this yeah. would really have unlocked all sorts of all sorts of excitement for you. Oh, it, it definitely did. It definitely did. It, it was it's incredibly exciting to I mean, the first time I made it around the track uh, without crashing horribly into everything was amazing to me. Yeah. Uh, the first time I completed a race and I have completed races and I have gotten first place against AI. Right. So this thing works. And uh, let me tell you, it feels pretty good when it does. <laughs> well, I'm, I simply must say, I know that Forza, for those of us that have been playing Forza for a while, there's the concept of Drivatar and these, you know, these other players. So apologies in advance if you run into my Drivatar, because he, he tends not to be very, <laughs> feel free to kind of bump him off the, off the road if you're doing that. Oh, happily. Happen. It'll happen. <laughs> Neha, tell tell us about you know as we, as you were developing this project, we we talked about it. It took a few years in development. Um, when did you realize, like, hey, I think we nailed it. I think this is it. I think I think it's that that moment that Brandon talked about. the The group was sitting together. Um, we were we were doing a group play test session with the audio team, um, and folks were you know we were tweaking different numbers. Um, Todd from the audio team that you probably. Guess, as I've also seen, like, like called it out. And he's like, but Brandon, like, like you're doing this. Oh my gosh. Like, like you, you were, you're getting through this track without, um, without cutting the limits. And so, um, that sort of excitement that you can also see, it, we put, put a small snippet of it, um, in our, in our video asset release, right. but that session, that one play test session, when Brandon was able to complete a successful lap, um, was, was when we realized we had hit the nail on the head. Um, we, you know, we were able to do something that we had not done before. Right. And that was, that was fantastic. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's exactly what it's all about is being able to do that. And I know Brandon, you know, you, you've been on Xbox, Xbox and Xbox live for some time. So it must be, must be great for you when you're, you're going to be able to, you know, race around the course and come into number one and let po people know that, Hey, I'm number one and you got beat by a blind person, right? That's amazing. Hey, you know what? I I love I love the idea that right now I'm the best blind player in the world. <laughs> we'll see how long it lasts, but right now I'll, I'll take it. Uh, Neha, tell us about you know the Xbox has a long history of accessibility, um, you know in in our in our DNA. Tell us about some of the ideas that you brought back to the main platform team of what you've learned working working on this project. You know, we, we do work closely with the team um, and with all of our other accessibility champs across. Uh, but the, the learnings that are that we got from working on this feature um, are one, to invest resources into bringing accessibility features to life. That is so important. Um, if there are teams out there where you are trying to find resources and convince your leadership, let me know. I'm happy to share all the learnings I have um, so that we can all make our games as accessible as possible. The other thing that we think about is things like screen narration, systems that can work in every title across Xbox, 
um, you know, if people put the time and effort into, into making that, that portion accessible. And so it would be awesome if we could collaborate and partner on, on a way to have sort of a, an Xbox system that, you know, that works the same way. And so people have this sort of standardization. These are goals. These are ideas, um, things that we would love to work on, you know, moving forward, but just things like that. Um, that's where we are today. I mean, Phil has always said, and I I know Brandon, you've heard Phil say this is that, you know, you know, accessibility is not a a destination. It's a journey and everything we learn along the way, Mm -hmm. uh, this is part of it. Brandon, I want to talk about the 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 feature itself. You know, you you said you're the you're the best blind driving player in the world, and, and I agree with yeah. you. Um, <laughs> how hard would it, is it going to be for folks that are listening right now when they get their hands on this feature to 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 really learn? You've had you've had much more. You know, you've been involved from the beginning. But what yeah. was you know, what about some folks that maybe haven't had the chance that are just you know playing for the first time and just starting? Yeah, I, I absolutely 100% admit there is a learning curve here. Um, it is it is a complex series of systems, and it, the thing is, it needed to be uh, because we're providing the blind player a lot of information, and we're dealing with the factors that you have to consider when taking a fully simulated racing game, uh, you know, to task here. So, like, you know, um, things like our look ahead system to help with your reaction time, uh, things like you know the way the steering guide works, just the, the inner workings of all the stuff had to be very very finely tuned. So it is complex. And I, I'm happy to say that we're, we're doing as much as we can to provide the blind player with as much information as we can uh, before they get on the track. They do have the option of listening to every single audio cue separately while they're in the options menu, even while they modify the audio cue so they can oh. hear the, the different pitches and volumes of each cue. Um, not only that, they have we have this really, really cool uh, audio preview for each feature. Each blind driving assist feature has, you can press a button when you're highlighting it, and you'll get kind of a, an audio explanation of what that feature is and what the system means and how it works, uh, complete with uh, examples as well. So we're doing a lot. And also, even, even the tooltips are there to help you. You know, the, the tooltips, which are fully narrated by screen narrator, just going to an option, highlighting it, waiting for a second, you'll get that tooltip that reads to you the, the basic explanation of what it is. But even those we kind of made uh, complex, uh, you know, that we made those informative just to give the blind player as much information as we possibly can uh, going in because yes there is a learning curve but I, I absolutely believe it can and will be learned and the blind are going to love this brandon neha uh on behalf of everybody at xbox i want to thank you for all the great work you put into the blind driving assistant and and brandon especially i want to thank you for all the great work you've been doing across the industry absolutely thank you it's good to be here yeah and thanks for having us Hi, and uh, welcome to this wonderful interview that we are about to do. I'm Kelly, and I am joined with Sarah, who is head of marketing at Toge Productions, and we're chatting all about Coffee Talk 2, Hibiscus and Butterfly. How are you today, Sarah? Hi, Kelly. I'm good. How are you? Good. Um, So, Coffee Talk 2 launched uh, late April, April 20th, and I was curious if you could tell us a little bit about how the series came about and what players can expect for Coffee Talk 2. Um, well, I think there's a funny, a bit of funny story about Coffee Talk 2. We didn't intend it to be a sequel of the game. At first, it was just um, DLC, but then somehow during the development of the DLC, you were like, Hmm, I think this is already like too big, you know, the scope is already too big for a DLC, but it's too small to be its own game. Um, so we end up, okay, maybe we can like 
have uh, another writer to help with us. And then uh, in the middle of the way, we had a new writer joining us, uh, an extra writer. And then it became Coffee Talk 2. <laughs> um, and what players can expect from the second game, um, of course, there will be new characters, new stories, um, new songs, and there will be new like new ingredients that people, you know, can experiment with in the game. And there act we actually have like extra feature as well in the game. Like um, in the Coffee Talk Two, we have like infantry system where the characters can give items, and like the barista can like sort of like give item. It can be to the right person or to the wrong person, but it will you know impact like the story. So there will be like more branching compared to the first one. Yeah, because I know in the first one, there are like special drink combinations that you can make that will unlock mm -hmm. some content. So it's really interesting to see you take that uh, kind of even a step further. So um, and speaking of, do you have a favorite drink to make in the game? Like if you were to have a drink named after you, what would what would yours be? Oh, OK, that's a tough question. Um, but I've. I think I, I was asked these questions before and because I'm the type of person who love, you know, taking picture of my drinks or food, especially when it looks cute. <laughs> um, there was this um, one drink, I kind of forgot the name, but it's something um, like flower bath tea or something. Um, so it's in the Coffee Talk too. Um, and the artist of Coffee Talk, which is Dio, he drew it like really, really pretty. And like he put the the petals of the flowers in the side of the cup and then like put a stirring spoon with a shape of bee in there so i was like oh my god Aww. if i can you know if i can make this strings i will keep taking pictures of it and post it on my social media so yeah i think that's like my favorite <laughs> yeah um but anything that uh is is for the content for the instagram then uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> it has uh dual roles because it's a delicious drink and you get to remember it exactly um, yeah so within the game there are fantastical creatures that tell deeply human stories without giving away any spoilers because we want people to go play and experience coffee talk to for themselves is there significance to these stories? Like, um, what does the team want players to take away from them? Like, what are some of the learnings behind these stories that your team is telling? Um, so basically, I think it's pretty much the same as the first Coffee Talk. Um, so the first Coffee Talk, what we want to deliver to the players is that, um, you know, like personal stories. And I remember our late friend Fahmi, who was the writer of the first Coffee Talk, um, he tried to put um, stories that he experienced himself, stories from his friends, stories that he sort of like overheard when he, he you know, like work on the game, sitting in a coffee shop. Um, so I think that's what makes coffee talk, you know, coffee talk, because people can relate a lot to the stories because it's, it's just stories that happens like, you know, every day around us and what we want to bring in the coffee talk too is pretty much the same as the first coffee talk um but in here we sort of want to focus more on social media like connections that we build uh in the digital world basically through um through internet that's why um we emphasize on reconnecting with people so um 
I think that's what the two main characters of the second uh, second episode will deliver. So how they what is it? Um, so one characters he he was very excited about social media. You know, like I'm gonna post this. I'm gonna post myself like drinking uh, this cute coffee in a coffee top. But then the other one was like, oh no, I I don't want to deal with social media. And this two meet at coffee talk and the rest is in the game so if you're curious about it be sure to play the game yeah um it sounds really interesting and it is you know fun to think about some of the things that you overhear in coffee shops right like it ranges Mm -hmm. from deep philosophical discussions to like Mm -hmm. what someone did the night before to like what books people are reading so i like that that's kind of mirrored in the game and it it a lot can mm-hmm. be taken from the different themes. So um, Thank you. I haven't, I haven't uh, had a chance to dive into Coffee Talk 2, but I'm very excited for it. And um, I didn't want any spoilers, but um, very excited to, to check it out. Uh, well, I, I hope I didn't spoil anything just now from my answer. No, no, yeah, it was a great yeah. setup. I'm even more intrigued, yeah, uh, if possible. Um, so I want to pivot a little bit um, and talk mm-hmm. about um, the studio and efforts in game development and the projects that Toge is doing to invest in Southeast, Southeast Asian developers. Can you tell us a little bit mm-hmm. about that initiative? Mm, okay, so basically um, Toge Productions, we've been around for 14 years, I think. So it's been a very long time. Um, and we started off as like um, web web-based um, game developer and during that time we we got a lot of like funding for our games and also we have like a, this safe safety net safe safety net basically to like keep making games and if we fail that um you know we still have like uh, funding to work on more games and nowadays we see that um it's hard especially for like the developers in southeast asia to get this those kind of funding um and because us Toge Productions, we have the resources, we have the knowledge to um, publish our games and bring our games to the world. So what we want to do with this initiative, which is Toge Game Fund Initiative, is it's a prototype funding and also mentoring. So I think we emphasize more on the mentoring here because we see that lots of game developers from Southeast Asia, they have potentials to make great games, but they don't know how to sell their games or how to make a, what is it, um, a game that they have to sell in the markets because it's different, you know, between like just making games and making games that you want to sell to people, right? Um, so that's the the goal of um, Toge Game Fund Initiative. So we want to ma- want to give mentoring to the, you know, like to game developers in Southeast Asia who needs the mentoring, and also we give like product funding so they can make a demo of their project. And they can use the demo to, you know, they don't have to, um, they don't have to pitch the game to Tokyo Productions. They can even like use the demo if they want to pitch to like other publishers and all. So we are actually like, yeah, basically we just want to help more developers because we think that we don't want to grow alone. We want to grow together. So that's how we came up with the initiatives. That's amazing. So how, if someone wanted to get involved with that or uh, look into being mentored or reach out, what's the best way to do that? 
Um, yeah, so uh, if you are a developer from Southeast Asia, um, you can just go to togeproductions.com, T-O-G-E productions.com slash T-G-F-I. Um, you can just like um, submit your pitch there and then, yeah, and then we'll contact you if you're we're interested in, you know, funding and mentoring your project. That's amazing. I feel like um, on a personal note, you know, there mm-hmm. is sometimes the mentality of like, oh, I had to fight for my space in this industry um, because mm-hmm. there's not enough seats at the table for people that look mm-hmm. like me or are from where I'm from. And instead of fighting each other for that one seat, I think it's important to mm-hmm. fight to make more seats at that table. And so yeah, I think exactly. that's kind of what you're doing. And I, I think that's really amazing. So um, kudos that's to you key. and the team for doing that. Yeah. Well, thank you. <laughs> Yeah, of course. So what is next for the Coffee Talk series? Um, Do you have stories that, you know, you still want to tell, expand on um, Toge Productions in general? Like, where do you see yourself and and your team going? Okay, so maybe for Coffee Talk, because we just released the sequel. um, Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm going to be honest, we even haven't think about like, are we going to do a sequel or (laughs) Yeah. Sure, yeah, just, just you know, like just follow us on our social media, and you'll get the update. Um, but for other stuff that we're working on right now, um, so here at Tokyo Productions, we have like three different thing teams. Uh, so one is working on Coffee Talk. Uh, one is working on a mecha robot strategy kind of game. It's called Crickstrom Tactics, and the other one is working on um multiplayer co-op game called Whisper Mountain Outbreak. So we have like two different two games. It's totally different from Coffee Talk, <laughs> but if you're looking for, you know, like a fresh games you want to try, so be sure to, you know, like follow us, Toggy Productions, and yeah. That's it. <laughs> I mean I feel like that's it. It's just, you know, a couple games launching <laughs> DLC, like working on this. Yeah, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, make sure that you give them a follow so that you can stay up to date on all of that news. And um, Sarah, mm-hmm. anything else that you want to uh, say or um, anything that, mm-hmm. that you would like to highlight or talk about before we let you go? Um, yeah, probably. Um, I just want to, of course, promote Coffee Talk. Um, basically, like now you can play first Coffee Talk and second Coffee Talk available on Xbox Game Pass. Um, so, you know, like you can play, play more of them there. And we recently just released games called A Space for the Unbound. Um, that is also a very good game. If you love Coffee Talk, you will also love A Space for the Unbound. We just released it like four months ago in January. Um, so yeah, play Coffee Talk, play A Space for the Unbound, follow to give reactions and yeah, take care. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you so much for your time today. I know uh, you are a very busy person, but we appreciate having you here and um, for telling us all about Coffee Talk too. So yeah, finish the rest of this podcast and then go play it. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Kelly. The last case of Benedict Fox is now available. It's on Xbox Game Pass. Joining us today is Bartek Leszkowski, the creative director for Plot Twist, the company behind the last case of Benedict Fox. Bartek, thank you very much for joining us. Hello. 
It's great to see you. Tell us a little bit about The Last Case of Benedict Fox. I mean, this has such an amazing art style. Um, you know, we, we love these types of games, but this one, this one's quite a looker. Tell us a little bit about the game while I, while I show it to some folks. Sure. So uh, what you see now is The Last Case of Benedict Fox. It's uh, our um, take on Metroidvania. Uh, it's a game in which you take control of Benedict Fox, a self-proclaimed detective. Uh, on his last case and he has this unique gift uh, because he was connected at birth to a demon companion from another dimension and he has this special ability of entering human psyche which obviously seems very uh, practical when you are a detective now it's that's that's interesting uh kind of an interesting game mechanic you can enter into the human psyche cuz cuz that could be dangerous. Uh but it's 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 really interesting. It takes place in this limbo and Detective Benedict transports between back and forth between the memories of the deceased, which is a really interesting concept. How did you come up with it? Well, it was a long evolution actually. It wasn't like a a eureka moment uh, we had this idea for um for this detective game but we also wanted to spread wings when it comes to the graphics so we were searching for ways to um, uh, to make the uh, whole case uh, be interesting also visually so we didn't want only to have the house uh, and we came up with this idea of uh, well, wouldn't it be cool if we not only like uh, could see the past, but maybe also even venture into human psyche and uh, see how they um, solve the house, how they uh, memorize some things differently? Yeah, it's 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 a very sophisticated mechanic. Now, you won the Gamescom 2022 award last year at uh, you know at Gamescom in Germany for the most wanted Microsoft Xbox game. What was it like knowing? that the game was highly anticipated by players worldwide? And, and how did Plot Twist, your company, build a global fan base for the game? Yeah, so, so it was a huge surprise for us back then. It is still right now, uh, because we, we were uh, completely uh, unknown before if we were when we showed, up, uh, showed the game. Then a few months later, we showed the uh, playable demo on the Gamescom uh, floor. And uh, it took us by surprise uh, how many people actually were intrigued by the idea. So, so suddenly the pressure grew, and uh, yeah, now here we are. Plot Twist, your company specializes in the Metroidvania genre. Can you tell us, for those of folks that aren't really familiar with the Metroidvania genre, can you tell us a little bit about the genre and why what's unique uh, for Benedict Fox and what you guys do to put your put your spin on it? Sure. Uh, so uh, usually Metroidvanias are um, start uh, as a linear games, and uh, through the course of the game, player uh, finds, discovers, or uh, gains new abilities that helps him uh, explore more and uh, find new places, new clues, and so on. And what we've done is uh, we've mixed it with kind of a adventure game or a detective game uh, where. Uh, some of the Metroidvania locks and keys are actually puzzles. Yeah, I mean that's 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 what's really really kind of cool about this. We can see maybe some of the puzzles there, right there. It's 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 really really fun to play. Um, you know, 
this has a very, you know, some folks looked at it and said, it's kind of Tim Burton-esque, you know, it's dark. It's got a, it's got interesting art style. It's deco. It's, it's from the twenties, you know, as the creative director at Plot Twist, what's your favorite element of this game um, and why? Mm -hmm. So one of the uh, things that we applied to the art style, but, but also to the different uh, areas of the game is, uh, was that we wanted to have uh, as much contrast as we could because where there is some kind of contrast or tension, uh, we believe there is something uh, interesting. So uh, we wanted to have this uh, beautiful Bartonesque art style, but combined with a darker green story. And uh, the same goes with uh, the gameplay, uh, which is sometimes very dynamic and uh, combat centric. But sometimes it's um, sometimes you talk with uh, NPCs, you uh, gather clues, uh, you follow the trail, and so on. So uh, as much contrast as we could, we have put into the game. And and I can't show too much of the gameplay because I don't want to have any spoilers. I want people to kind of you know go on the journey themselves. But Detective Benedict is joined by a demonic companion in the game. What was the thought process behind developing uh, the duo? So actually, it's a, it was the similar formula. Uh, we knew that Benedict um, had to be a um, smart, but uh, smart and sharp, but also very reserved uh, character. And if we wanted to to uh, give the game a, a little bit of um, uh, more edge, maybe uh, we had to introduce another character that we wanted to constantly talk with uh, Benedict. So uh, the, uh, the initial idea of having a demon in his head uh, grew so, so they could constantly talk and bicker and uh, figure things out together. What, what do you want players to take away from, from this gaming experience? Oh, boy. <laughs> That's a tough one. <laughs> so, um, we really tried to um, show a passion uh, through our game, and uh, we think that there are some uh, pretty emotional moments. And uh, if they will stick with the players, we will find the game successful. But enough said. Now, is this really, really the last case for Benedict Fox, or, is there, or do you have anything else in store? Well, if someone already finished the game and saw the post credit scene, then they know. All right, there, there's the teaser. Now, again, this is available on Xbox Game Pass. That has been great for you as, as developers, hasn't it? To be able to, to just not worry about that component and just focus on creating a great game, right? Oh, yeah, it's, it's huge for us. So uh, we knew that we wanted to create Metroidvania, but we also had some unusual ideas. And if not Game Pass, we maybe would go with a much safer route. But... Uh, we are a creative bunch, and you wa we wanted to uh, express those new ideas. So uh, it was a really cool avenue to, to do that. And, and this is exactly what Game Pass should do, which is allow you as developers to, to open up and unlock your creativity, and as gamers, allow us to go investigate and experience new things just like the last case of Benedict Fox, now available on Game Pass. Uh, listen, it's been it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, Bartek Lyszkowski, creative director of Plot Twist. Appreciate your time today. Congratulations on the game. Thank you very much.
All right, a bunch of interviews there. That was a that was a that was a lot of interviews. Um, but anyway, Rebecca and Jeff actually had to bounce. They had meetings to go to because they're starting to plan for our big event coming up in June. And as you heard in the Fan Fest segment, I will be in Mexico City, so please go sign up now. Uh, check that out. Um, I know we're going to have our team over in Warsaw, our team down in Melbourne, of course the team over there in LA, and 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 also down there in Brazil. So we got a lot going on for Fan Fest. We'll be talking a little bit more about that in the coming weeks. So go ahead and check that out. So on behalf of Jeff and Rebecca, like. I say who had to had to drop out because they had some other meetings to go to. Thank you for listening this week. Drop a comment down there in YouTube if you uh, if you have a moment, and then also uh, check us out on Spotify or wherever finer podcasts are watched and or listened to. We'll see you next week. Thanks everybody.